in in the Western world, you see communication being pretty direct, mm. and uh, you know a, a lot of equality is expected and uh, asked for. Right. Uh, in Asian cultures, I think the communication is a little bit more convoluted. If I may say so, and convoluted, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you have to you have to really uh, sit down and and understand what just happened. You're listening to Sales in Asia, your gateway to sales practices in Asia, and I'm your host, Benny Tan. Today, we're speaking with Manish Jetra, Director of Sales, APAC of Oracle. Manish is a 16-year veteran in Oracle who started in sales as an account manager before leading sales teams in India, EMEA, and now in Asia. In this three-part series, we discuss leading sales in Asia. We'll tap his perspectives, insights, and stories about his journey from tech to sales and sales leadership, hard lessons about culture, how technology facilitates cultural sensitivity and why data is key in leading successful sales organizations. In part one, we learn how Manish got started and his adventures as well as misadventures working with different cultures. So let's jump right in. Welcome to Sales in Asia, Manish. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be on this show. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be speaking to you and to uh, get some insights uh, into your experiences as a sales leader in Asia. Could you first uh, maybe just uh, briefly introduce yourself uh, as a person? You know what you are like. You know who you are, and then you know maybe talk a little bit more about uh, what you do at work. Perfect. Uh, thanks. Good afternoon, Benny. It's been an, it's been a pleasure knowing you. Thanks for the opportunity for coming in today into your uh, session. And a quick introduction. My name is Manish Chetra. I work for uh, Oracle Corporation for the last uh, 15, 16 years. Uh, I've been running teams for more than a decade now. Mm. Uh, I've done that in different geographies, uh, including Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Mm. Before I moved to Singapore to manage. The APAC uh, business, and uh, yeah, I've been running businesses and revenue and uh, top line, bottom line kind of uh, uh, entanglement forever. Okay. Seems like I looked at your profile on LinkedIn, and like you said, you obviously ha- obviously have a lot of experience, uh, not only working in Asia but also in Europe and in Dubai and and in India as well, right? And one of the reasons uh, we like guests like you on the show is to really to help our listeners to have a better understanding and gain some insights into the workings of uh, Asia. Right. We will focus, of course, a little bit more partic- a little bit more into sales. Mm-hmm. However, I think limiting it to sales is probably going to be too narrow, you know, because you do have a lot of of experiences that you bring. The theme that we actually talked about, uh, at least we wanted to, you know, to play around, you know, for this particular episode is around managing a diverse team right, in Asia, right? So we're going to focus a little bit more about that. So could you tell us a little bit more about what Oracle does and in particular in the, air, in the line of work that you do? Sure. Uh, Oracle, as you as you know, is one of the largest uh, tech corporations. Uh, you know, from an offering standpoint, it's a full stack, and and it's a very very unique uh, you know positioning that Oracle has in the tech space because it is the one of the only 
very few, I would say, full stack players starting from, you know, right from storage to cloud. Mm. So it does everything in between. Uh, we are very focused on delivering customer value and look at whatever the customers need today mm. and tomorrow. Mm. Uh, we position and we pride ourselves as being a great technology partner mm. to whatever our customers' business requirements or business future needs look like. Mm. And that's really, uh, you know, the vision of what we want to do and what do you, what we've been trying to do uh, over the last years. Okay, so tell us about uh, how you started in Oracle and uh, where you are today. So I, uh, I used to work for another tech company back home in India and uh, my road from my, the, the, the way I used to take from my home to office was uh, crossing Oracle. Uh, and the big red logo was something that I really uh, wanted to, you know, I was really, really excited to see every day on my way. So you were uh, attracted by a bright light that was uh, looking at you every day as you... Uh, <laughs> no, because or Oracle was, uh, Oracle, uh, you know, had a, had a very strong brand value right. in, the, in the tech sector. And it mm. was one of the, one of the key uh, companies that I was very focused on. Mm. Luckily, I got into Oracle at a very early stage in my career. And I started really as a, you know, business development consultant, mm. uh, really at the grass, grassroots level where we were doing a lot of prospecting, both inbound, outbound, and trying to learn, you know, what does my product do for the customer? How do I join the solutions we have to the customer needs? Mm. Uh, and that's been, uh, you know, part of core part of what I've been doing. Right. Uh, for the first five years, I did my individual contributor role uh, in different capacities. And I think uh, natural progression was into the leadership role. Uh, I've been managing teams for, like I said, uh, EMEA first and then uh, for APAC. Mm. So I think the topic that you have for today's episode is really close to my heart. Uh, diversity, because uh, as you can imagine, it doesn't get uh, more diverse mm. between the entire Europe, Middle East and Africa. Mm. And then uh, coming to Asia, starting from Southeast Asia to uh, Greater China, Korea, you know, all these countries uh, going to uh, Australia, New Zealand and mm. to Pacific Isles. Diversity is everywhere, uh, if you see. Right. We will jump into uh, how you manage a diverse team, uh, not only managing a, a diverse team, but how do you prepare them to manage a very diverse set of customers as well? True. well especially between uh, not only different regions, but also different countries. Right. right. Um, and but tell us a little. Tell us a little bit about uh, why you went into sales. Because I think when you first started, you were actually a uh, a techie, right? So you were actually doing technical work. Yeah. So why? What made you move from uh, a technical role into a sales role? So you, you're very right, Benny, and and you've done a lot of uh, homework, and and that's th you know uh, kudos to you for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but this was not the first time I made that shift. Uh, in my graduation, I actually graduated as a bachelor's in computer applications. Right. So my graduation was in computer science. Mm. But uh, the natural progression would have been to get into master's or go, go to work as a software developer. Uh, but rather, I chose uh, management as mm. my higher education uh, master's uh, because I was very clear that I was passionate about technology, mm. but not so much uh, to sit behind a computer and code uh, for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> so so that was a decision I think I made very early. Mm. And uh, just a quick, uh, just, just a short 
trivia is that my uh, placement right out of my management college was in a bank. Hmm. I stayed there for just two months. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I was very quick to realize that uh, you know, counting money and um, you know, getting into that that kind of an area of work was not something that excited me. Oh, really? You mean you didn't like to be surrounded by money every day? <laughs> uh, it's not your money, huh? so <laughs> that's the difference, I guess. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think it was it was good, but it was good learning. Uh, but I was very quick to understand that that's not what I wanted to do, mm. and that's why I made my move uh, back into tech. Okay. Uh, very quickly, mm. uh, but you're right. When I started uh, into software development and and uh, in the tech industry, mm. uh, it was very good, really, because uh, now when we speak to customers, we understand. I understand. I'm in a much better position to see what their world looks like, mm. uh, because for my first job, I have developed software. So when they talk about their day-to-day mm. uh, operational issues and and what what world looks like from their side. Right. I'm kind of able to relate that very quickly. Mm. Uh, but then move to sales, I think, was uh, it was pretty organic and uh, natural uh, to me. Mm. Even when my when I was doing my first role on software development, uh, in the first six months, I was given an assignment to go and start meeting the customers in uh, implementation projects where I would need to interact not only with the internal teams who are delivering, right. but to talk to the customers. So maybe, I guess... There were some part of uh, you know my mentors who mm. saw something uh, which was good for the sales and customer facing kind of roles, mm. uh, which kind of already propelled me in that direction. So it was kind of very organically it happened. Uh, not something that I you know had a hard decision on on one fine I, day. I see. So it was actually quite a natural transition because uh, while you were developing software you were also customer facing yes. right and yes. uh, you had to interact with them to better understand their their problems before you actually came up with uh, solutions for them right. and so so facing customer and engaging with customer was not was nothing so difficult and uh, when you went into into sales uh, you were just you just had a different set of metrics except that right and the sales metrics was was one mostly about of course the commissions <laughs> absolutely I think, I think uh, right. you're, you're a bang on so right. uh, the only thing changed was my metric but uh, you know, I was pretty much customer facing from a early, very early stage in my career okay okay so when you were selling were you always only selling uh, in uh, in India before you actually went into a management role uh, no, I was uh, managing businesses uh, for Australia, New Zealand. Okay. And uh, before that, I had done some bit for for the English-speaking part of Europe. Right. Obviously, there is a large part of Europe where uh, you know language is a barrier, even even now for mm. English-speaking uh, right. you know uh, professionals. But then there are a lot of areas where English is the business language, right. and, and you could uh, pretty well do your job. So I I had a wide spectrum. Even before I moved into uh, management, so to say. Okay, so which you, you, because you had a, um, a role where you at that time you were a manager for business development in Mayer and APEC, you know, right. for for you know, twenty eleven to twenty twelve. What were the countries were you that you managed in EMEA? So EMEA was predominantly uh, coming from Eastern Europe and UK. Right. Because that's where predominantly you would see English language really acceptable. Mm. Uh, we used to hire a lot of language experts for countries like Italy, France, Germany. 
so Germany is a, is a huge market for us and we were hiring dual language experts at that point in time right. to just make remote access into these accounts. Mm. And Oracle having uh, such a strong brand name uh, was obviously very helpful because when these people were calling up customers remotely, uh, they were still able to penetrate the accounts really well. Mm. So we had a full, uh, you know, full ter territory coverage uh, from a multiple language standpoint, including Asian languages and European languages. Mm. So what you, that was actually the big, big beginning of you uh, starting to manage uh, customers from different countries and different cultures, right? right? Business practices as well. So I think that was very good preparation for you. Today, you lead uh, quite a multinational team, I believe, right? When you first transitioned um, and started to work with people from different cultures, let's talk about employees first, right? right. Your team. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome in uh, not only working with them, but also developing and nurturing them right so uh, some of the things which have uh, you know which i very early in my career i realized that you know when you speak uh, a, a, a single line in a team meeting uh, you are basically passing the same message to everybody mm. but the but the reason because of the diversity that you have in the audience everybody kind of gets a slightly different message and you know words are words but then tonality and the way you position and the examples you draw from uh, anecdotes that you share these are uh, very contextual in nature right so if you are uh, coming in with a very contextual approach to what you're saying it becomes very difficult for uh, in the entire audience to get the same message okay so uh, I had some, uh, you know, very rude experiences where <laughs> you know, I thought I had said something and uh, later in my one-on-ones or later in, in the journey, I realized that the message that was received was very different. Right. Okay. And because because uh, the context of the way they receive it was actually very different. Absolutely. Right? So, I mean, yeah. I, I would give you, an, I mean, a completely different uh, example. Right. But one of my, uh, you know, sales planning uh early planning presentations, I had picked up an example of cricket you yeah. know, as a sport. Right. And how do you score uh, if you're batting second and how do you score big? And while I was presenting this to uh, a British gentleman, uh, it was absolutely fine. Mm. But the moment uh, you know, I had, I had some, some American executives walk into the room, uh, this was, uh, you know, German and Italian for them, right? Because uh, so I had to kind of trans suddenly translate this to baseball, right? And, and how would you, how would that strategy play out in mm. in a baseball match rather than the cricket match? Right. So uh, it's just that it's the same same strategy, mm. but how do you communicate and in what context do you draw in from mm. uh, becomes sometimes a lot more important than the message itself, so to say. You know, that's that's uh, interesting because. Um, I was raised on Western sales method methodologies and right. they use a lot of sports analogy around baseball, football, and so on. So mm -hmm. even today, when we talk to customers, we think about, when we talk about, for example, baseline, you like, you know, cover your bases, right? So those are very, very Western and very American type of, uh, of language or lingo that is used to apply to a particular sales uh, context. And that's one of those things that uh, we often find 
design uh, very not easy to translate. You know, when we when we're working with different cultures and uh, and not only a matter of overcoming the language barrier, but really un- overcoming the understanding the context that they're going to be interpreting that in. So, how did you then, when you started managing uh, a diverse teams, right? And you've got salespeople from quite a number of countries, I believe. Right. How did you then uh, adjust to uh, to working with them? You know, so what are some things that you do on a daily basis, on a conscious, consciously? Right. Right. Uh, so this is something uh, I've, I've been doing for, like I said, more than 10 years. Mm. Uh, on an average, uh, the diversity is, I have about more than six different nationalities on my team for the last 10 years. What are the nationalities? So uh, in my previous role, I had uh, you know Germans, French, Italian, uh, Syrian, wow. Pakistani, mm. Indian, uh, Dutch. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few, <laughs> but uh, that, that, you know, that was how uh, mm. wide it was. And uh, then I've managed people in Romania and I've managed people uh, in some of the other countries mm. uh, remotely though at that time. Mm. Uh, and now in, in my current role, I manage teams from uh, you know Koreans, Chinese, mm. uh, Indians, uh, I would uh, Thai, Indonesian, right. Vietnamese. <laughs> so uh, very Asian. Uh, but very different, right? right. I mean, from, from what I'd done in my previous role, uh, it was already pretty diverse, but suddenly I come to Singapore and, and then build up this team, and which is uh, a different level of diversity again. Okay, could you tell me elaborate a little bit more about the different level of diversity you you know that you refer to? For example, you're working with uh, primarily a lot of uh, Europeans now, right? Now with Asians, yeah. what are some of those uh, things that stood out for you in terms of the differences between these two regions? I think uh, there, there are some of the things which are very common, I would mm. say, is that uh, in, in the Western world, you see communication being pretty direct. Mm. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of equality is expected and uh, asked for. Right. Uh, in Asian cultures, I think the communication is a little bit more convoluted. If I may say so, and <laughs> <laughs> convoluted, hmm, okay. right? I mean, you have to you have to really uh, sit down and and understand what just happened, right. and then uh, I think the the amount of equality expected is uh, lower, you know. Mm. So there is a hierarchical, uh, you know, seniority is given its due, mm. uh, which sometimes is uh, it's good, but it sometimes it's it's also uh, it reduces the speed of things uh, that you can achieve. Right. Uh, because in our world, feedback is everything. Mm. So uh, leaders will not always be right. Uh, rather, they should be listening from the people on the ground in terms of what is changing. The the mm. rate of change on the customer side is so fast right. that if I, if I tell you how I was successful as an individual contributor, that may not apply today at all. Right. So rather, I need to learn from my team. But if my team is not very open to communicate and, and are, are not very uh, comfortable sharing, mm. then it becomes very difficult for me to really learn and adapt and, and lead uh, the future. Mm. So, so that's, again, something which is it's different, I would say. Uh, but there are ways and means you can uh, work around these. And I think... Uh, 
Now that's the exciting part rather I would say. You've been listening to Sales in Asia. That was the end of part 1 of our session with Manish Jetra, Sales Director APAC of Oracle. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others. Click on the next episode for part 2 of Leading Sales in Asia.